not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am your Task Force S ex-team leader Chris, that's a mouthful to get out, and with me as always is the man who was taught to shoot from the second he was born by his dad, everything in his hands is a lethal weapon, and something or other, something or other, he's great with firearms, it's Sam. Some would say this microphone is my greatest weapon. (laughs) What's your superpower Chris, are you just incredibly hungover? Uh, that is definitely my superpower today, the superpower <laughs> to have a full day's worth of hangover coming in waves and see a film and record a pack, uh, podcast a, in the same Record day. a podcast. <laughs> a pad, a paid case. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm waiting for the tablets to kick in and then I'll be Gucci, but the- we are talking about The Suicide Squad, if you didn't guess it, the new James Gunn release, we went to see it in the cinema today. It was such a good trip to the cinema. It was much needed. Yeah. Um, Without any social distancing, it was a little bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Yeah, it it felt nice not having to wear a mask all the way through the film. That was nice. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was a a much needed trip to the cinema. Um, The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, it's, it's got the in front. The it's it's the definitive Suicide Squad now. Rather than your this ain't your mum's this ain't your mama's Suicide Squad. <laughs> this ain't your grandpappy's Suicide Squad. <laughs> anyway, you said we had bits of news, but you can't jump We've straight got- into that because other than the Suicide Squad, what have you been watching since we last spoke? Um, I'll be honest with you. Not too much, because I've had too much going on this week. Um, I've watched more of the Masters of the Universe animated show on Netflix. Um, I am still enjoying it, but I think the first episode was definitely the best one so far. You reckon it's peaked, maybe? It peaks too soon? Um, I don't know. From what I'm hearing review-wise, the people who aren't just slating it without watching it, they're saying that it does get better towards the end of the season again. So I think it's probably just one of those things it hits off dead heavy to begin with, and then mm. it has to build up to its finale type thing. Things like that can um, sometimes be a bit too late for viewers, though, can't it? It's a bit like a too little, too late thing. That's what I thought thing. with the Dota series. Like, I don't think I ended up finishing it. I just wasn't enjoying it. Yeah, um, I kind of finish that be- to finish it. You know what I mean? Like just to, yeah. just so I I knew what happened at the end. Yeah. So this one, at least I'm enjoying it, even though I don't think the other ep- episodes two and three, and I, I I was watching four just when I switched it off to come record the podcast. Um, I'm enjoying them more and more as they're going on, and we're reintroducing characters and stuff like that. Um, I'm enjoying it more. They are still better than like the best episode of the Dota series, probably. So mm. I'm still I'm still enjoying it, but they're not quite the peak. Episode one was really fucking good. Like the action scenes in it and stuff were shit hot. So that's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else have I been watching? Just the Olympics. I've been watching a fuck ton of the Olympics, and damn, 
Like, <laughs> Team GB are doing amazing. Like, it's so good to see. Breaking world records, breaking history books and everything. Like, this is the most medals we've won in the swimming pool since, like, 1908 or something like that. Or s- something dumb. Like, we've had Olympians, like, bringing back the most medals we've ever had. A single Olympian getting one Olympics, yada, yada, yada. It's doing great. The brand new sports like the BMX freestyle. We won the women's gold. It's it's just good. It's just so good. Awesome. It's I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching. A bit of Suits here and there as well. What cool. have you been watching? Uh, I've started to... Well, I've uh, just jumped in on watching Fair Street. Is it Fair Street? The oh, Netflix the thing? three movies that came out. Well, it's three series, but each series Oh, is... are they series? I thought they were movies. No, no, they're a series, but each series is based in a different... Um, well, I think it's a series. Different anyway. time zone. Yeah, it strikes me like it's a series. I might be incorrect. But, um, yeah, they're set in different years, so I think it starts in, like, modern day, and then it's working its way back. Uh, I've only watched a little bit of it, though. I've not watched a lot of it. I'm just... Uh, seeing it oh no i i'm i'm incorrect it is a film it is a film yeah. yeah i think each one jumps back 20 years doesn't it i think the first one's like 1994 then it's 74 and 54 i think uh 94 78 and 66 so oh all right <laughs> i was kind of close but either way it seems like an interesting concept mm-hmm. um I think it's like a generational thing, like people are being haunted by the same thing or the same murders or whatever is going on in it. Yeah, yeah something, something like that. I've not really what is got, it about. Uh, I don't really know, <laughs> to be honest. I've not. I've uh, literally jumped in right at the end of part two and then watched the start of part three and then came to record the podcast. So I kind of get the bit of a gist. There's a witch. The witch is a bad witch, and she's a, a bit of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that that witch do be a bitch. That witch do be a bit of a bitch. Uh, and other than that, uh, yeah, no, nothing really. I've not watched much else. Um, yeah, other than that, that's it. So shall we move on to news? Because I really want to talk about Suicide Squad. I really want to just get into that like yeah. as fast as we can. So let's... Uh, there is a lot of news and some pretty big trailers as well. Though, okay. But we'll try and fly through the news. I'm going to do my can. best to keep us on... Uh, on on time with this so yeah we can definitely make it on time it's just we'll just have to fly through some stuff there's only one thing that we need to talk about maybe at length let's go okay first of all um the man who was doing all the deep fakes for the mandalorian stuff you know for luke skywalker the end Uh, of season two of mandalorian he's been hired by uh ilm now this isn't the corridor digital dude because i know no. corridor digital did like a their go of it which wasn't like it was it was no, good it was somebody else who did it just before that i think mm-hmm. um uh uh shamook was his youtube handle okay so he's been hired by ilm it's good to see people in the community who are doing stuff actually getting hired mm-hmm uh, the next one was oh no that's about the critic scores for Suicide Squad which the film we've we'll just seen check yeah we'll have to check the up to date ones when we're talking about the film later so we'll leave that one for now uh, I'm going through the ones on my phone first before I jump in okay Hawkeye series 
has had its release date set at November 24th, mm-hmm. 2021, at the end of the year. Uh, and we had a lot more screenshots came out from the Entertainment Weekly exclusive article that they got for it. So we had a much better look at um, Haley Seinfeld as Kate Bishop, seeing all the different outfits, seeing them out on the street together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This looks like a really interesting series. I really like Haley Seinfeld. I think she's great. We've got Florence Pugh coming back for it, and obviously Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was also linked to we were expecting a release date for Ms. Marvel um, but we think that might now be pushed back to 2022 because that was meant to have a November release and I doubt we're going to get two shows in November Yeah, and we've already got like like a Disney product, uh, sorry a Marvel product every month now until the end of the year so that might be pushed back to next year, which would kind of make sense because it will come out a couple of months before um, the Marvels, which is Captain Marvel 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So is that going to be... Just question around that. Is that called Captain Marvel, the Marvels, or is that just called Marvels? Is that like it's a different It's called thing? the Marvels now. So it's just like its own thing, right? It's like not... Yeah. So you got this series, which is Ms. Marvel, and um, Captain Marvel 2 has been rebranded as the Marvels because we'll have... Uh, Maria Rambo in there, who in the comic books has once taken over the moniker of Captain Marvel. Uh, we've got Ms. Marvel, and then we've got Captain Marvel. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Uh, we'll see about Quick that. Quick uh, to refresh myself. We'll see about that bloody um, release schedule and see how long it stays like it should do. You know I'd be able to <laughs> switch things around. but Yep. Uh, keeping it in the Disney family, though, uh, Giancarlo Esposito confirms that he's returning for The Mandalorian Season 3 and teases that filming will begin soon. Yes, and that Pedro Pascal will be under the mask and not under the mask, which is, uh, mm-hmm. you'll get a bit more of his face. Which makes sense, because he's, he's done it now, you know. It would kind of be weird that he's taken, his, he's taken the helmet off a few times. It'd be a bit weird if he still stuck to his mantra and... Uh, has followed yeah. it as strictly as what he has been following it. So, yeah, I think a lot of season two was about him sort of like leaving, um, leaving like the zealot side of the Mandalorian way behind a little bit and stuff, mm-hmm. learning to grow. So, yeah, uh, it you don't get an actor like Pedro Pascal and hide him all the time. You know what I mean? It worked well in season one, so it made the reveal really impactful. But yeah, I think I think they're getting more bank out of him now. Bank. Bank. Okay, keeping it um, MCU-related... Well, we weren't talking about MCU then, (laughs) but keeping it like Disney Marvel, you know what I mean. Um, We've had a new behind-the-scenes shot from Spider-Man No Way Home. We thought we were going to get a trailer today uh, because it is Spider-Man Day. It's the 1st of August. Um, We're only, what, five... Less than five months. People are four months so, away from the film coming out. So thirsty for a trailer right now. Oh, we need it. But we did get an onset photo of Doctor Strange stood outside of the Sanctum Santorum welcoming Spider Man, who looks like he's just landed on a van across the street. Landed uh, on a van. So, yeah, he, he's like stood on top of a van, and Doctor Strange oh. stood outside of the Sanctum Santorum with his arms crossed, like. What are you doing here? Oh, I understand. I thought you meant like the van had landed. No, <laughs> Spider-Man landed on the van. I get you now. I understand. Okay. It's 
keep it rolling with uh, with Disney at the moment. Uh, Jungle Cruise has had an unprecedented opening weekend, um, done much better than a lot of people were expecting, even financially. Um, I saw when we were at the cinema, there was loads of families coming out from the previous screening of Jungle Cruise. And Dwayne Johnson uh, has confirmed that Jungle Cruise 2 talks are already happening. Which, well, yeah, it's um, it just it's, makes sense. Like they're trying to make a new Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it's done really well, hasn't it? I, I've heard that mm-hmm. it's been setting a couple of people off who have um, I can't think of the actual term for it, but a phobia of vomiting after one of the oh. scenes. I've heard it's been really like setting people off with that, which is a you know, I, I mean, nobody likes vomiting, right? No. But I mean, if you watch Suicide Squad, you might be setting off vomiting as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh God, um, there's a funny, funny vomit scene in that. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, yeah, I've heard it's been hitting pretty well. So yeah, Dwayne the and... Rock Johnson, wrestlers, eh? Dwayne Johnson, you've got bloody Dave Batista, and you got John Cena. They're all in bloody acting yeah. careers now. They are. They are. Um, also linked to this, which is a story that I want to talk about. It- in a couple stories time because we want to actually talk a little bit about it. Uh, Dwayne Johnson has been asked if he's go- planning on suing Disney over the release of it, and he says, "No, not a chance. I was fully on board with everything that they're doing. Everything worked out fine, and everything. So he's perfectly happy with it." But however, one lead- person that is not happy about um, their film getting released on Disney Plus at the same time, there's potentially two people that aren't very happy about that. There's actually potentially three people. <laughs> and one of them is not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No. So, uh, yeah, I was going to talk about this later, but we may as well talk about it now. Um, Scarlett Johansson is apparently suing uh, Disney for the simultaneous release of the Black Widow film on Disney Plus. Um, we've also got Rumours that Emma Stone is about to launch a lawsuit and also Gerard Butler is launching one about one of the new Olympus Has Fallen movies because um, that was a 20th Century Fox production, I believe. Um, and obviously they got bought out by Disney, so that released in some way on Disney Plus at some point. I'm, I'm not interest- quite sure what's going on with that one yet. I'm interested to know where you kind of stand on this. Okay, so I think... Disney have really screwed the pooch on here. I think she is, from what I'm thinking is, because she was also an executive producer on this, um, Marvel, when they sign people on to fight these big-name films now, they often set them like a, a set salary, but then they can also become executive producers and they get a back-end cut. Mm. So with the film releasing on Disney+, Plus, it's affected the box office returns, and it's probably only stipulated in the contract that she gets a cut of box office returns, not Disney+, Plus returns, because that will probably be a different contract altogether. So mm. I reckon what it is is the fact that she will now be losing out a lot of money um, that was taken off like her contract, like um, how much she got paid for making the film. She was meant to get it back in the back end, but Obviously, because they've released it on Disney Plus on the same day, she's losing out on money. So it's a breach of some sort of contract, is what it sounds like. Oh um, well, yeah, because the the contract obviously nobody was expecting a pandemic, so no. they, they they obviously haven't updated the contract in line with that she would get a bonus based on streaming sales. So it's probably because yeah, they said it was going to release on Disney Plus, but it wasn't going to release on the same time. It was going to release in cinemas first and then it'll come to Disney Plus later, which like that sounds all fine. I'm reading here that it's sort of like 
the inside scoop is that it's sort of mandatory that for the big name actors, they'll get a £20 million starting salary for joining the film and being in it. And then with these big name ones, they'll get a back end cut. So Robert Downey Jr. for Endgame, he got $20 million for doing it. And then he got an 8% back end cut resulting that for Endgame, Robert Downey Jr. earned $75 million for it. Um, mm. So it was stand to reason that Scarlett Johansson had a similar contract only because it's come out on Disney Plus, that money's not coming in as much. Um, I I doubt she would probably get a cut from a streaming service like that um, because they don't know how many tickets they're selling to it and stuff like that. And obviously, as well, because it went out on Disney Plus at the same time, a lot of people are illegally streaming it. But what's really sort of screwed the pooch now is the way that Disney's handled it. They put out a statement, and it's kind of like, kind of like really bad what they've said. Oh dear. Um, So. Uh, they were saying like it has no merit. What uh, I think I've actually got the full one here instead of yeah. So they're saying that her case has absolutely no merit whatsoever. Um, they've sh- shamelessly and falsely accused Miss Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic uh, in an attempt to make her appear to be someone that she's not. This is what her talent agency is saying because they said. Um, the lawsuit is sad and distressing, and it's a callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. So they're trying to make it out to seem like a real cold-hearted bitch, you know what I mean? And they put this out publicly when all the like all the ins and outs of the stuff wasn't public yet. So this is what Disney's lawyers are putting out, and like you've just had someone like polar film for you, it did amazingly and then you say something like this because she's suing for something that she's well within her rights to do and you're saying, you're bringing up COVID-19 it's like, uh, she doesn't care about all the people that died because of COVID-19 Yeah, I don't really Eesh. Eesh. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very sensitive it's a, I think it's a very sensitive thing because, uh, you know, everyone wants their actors to get paid like everyone thinks that they need to get paid fairly. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little bit like it's it's hard, isn't it? Because when we're talking about the level of money, I guess to me and you, it's like pff, 20 million. Yeah, you take it. You know what I mean? But when you yeah. realize a film does that well and you put that into, you know, it's not like Scarlett Johansson hasn't been in the Avengers films and and seen that. And, mm-hmm. it, and it is definitely not fair that that wasn't, you know, Disney should have done the right thing when everything had happened and reworded, re, re, you know, rejigged the contract a little bit to work yeah. around what what it should actually, you know, to make it fair. Because the thing is, like, it, it kind of becomes a thing about gender as well then because, like, the male counterparts have all had all their trilogies and stuff like that. She has finally got her own film and she's kind of been shafted on the back end of it and she's not going to earn as much, like, after all as her male counterparts would have for the same films which are getting the same viewings and stuff like that. So, like, the fact that she raised it, which was she was perfectly well within the rights to do it, and then they came out this kind of horrible statement as, like, just... You're Disney, you're not short on money, you know what I mean? Just settle the contract. Mm. Like, they wouldn't even have to take that to court or something like that. That lawsuit, they could just make a settlement agreement. Yeah, and call it done. 
yeah, just write up a new contract and then it's done. Like maybe just give her a cut of what Disney Plus got from it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are chirping in now, obviously with the statements that Disney have made. Um, so the Women in Film is an organization supporting women in film and stuff like that. Um, they said, so while we take no position on the business issues um, uh, in the litigation between Scarlett Johansson and Walt Disney Company, we stand firmly against Disney's recent statement in which it characterized Johansson to be insensitive or selfish or d- uh, for defending her contractual business rights. This gendered character attack has no place in a business dispute and the contributors to the environment in which women and girls are perceived to be less than males to protect their own interest without facing ad horomenium criticism. Yeah, this is where it starts to get a bit dicey for Disney because obviously you're going to have all these other elements to the problem. It doesn't just become a problem of pay then, it becomes a problem of of gender inequality and so on, so... It's um... yeah, like because, like I said, she was well within her rights to do it. Disney, like, even if they wanted to fight it, fight it, but do it quietly. Don't put out a statement like that. Like Disney's lawyers have really screwed up there. And it, it, the the thing is though, like that might cause tension. Like if they ever wanted to get her back for anything in the future, and it's probably nothing to do with Kenny, uh, Kevin Feige. It's probably nothing to do with Marvel Studios. It's probably just the lawyers behind it. So, really shitty. I do wonder whether or not this would have happened if if, if it was, like, not Black Widow. You know, like, if it was, like, a... Because Black Widow has kind of, like, tied her role up in the MCU. So I do wonder whether or not if, you know, I mean, you'd kind of... It's hard. Not to say that you wouldn't you know, stand up for yourself, but would you play your cards more carefully knowing that you still you've have You've got that, four more films. Yeah, you've got more films yeah. and that your character's still around, but I guess with this, this is probably going to be your last proper Disney paycheck, right? So... Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It was meant to be like a swan song for the character and everything. Send them out on a high, give us that much-needed backstory and context. And this character who's been around pretty much since the beginning, remember she was introduced in Iron Man 2. Mm. So that was like what the third film in the MCU is that it was the no technically the third one because you've got uh, Incredible Hulk in there but that was made by like Paramount and stuff like that so like she's been in there since the beginning and it took her so long to get the credit and like to get the same wages for the as she, like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. did it took her ages to fight for that. Then she like she built this lasting character and everything. She finally got her own film. It did amazingly, and then she still ended up having to fight for like the same rights that her male counterparts have got. Yeah. And like you said, she won't. Chances are she won't be in as many products going forward now, if any, because um, the character in canon is dead. So yeah, it, if it was like. Brie Larson or something and she had like another four films on a contract they probably like they would just with the next film they would discuss the contract more maybe and get it sorted that way but Mm -hmm. yeah she's probably felt like she's had to do it because it's probably her last performance yeah true yeah it's it is a weird one and yeah just just sort it out quietly. Don't drag everyone's name through the dirt, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's not, not nice good any way you look at it. So No. Anyway. 
On anyway. to a different news story. Uh, Anna Diarmes is playing Marilyn Monroe in a biopic, and I think we talked about this quite a while ago. Um, it's called Blonde. It's by Andrew Dominic, but it has been pushed back to 2022. They haven't given any reason why. Um, it is going to Netflix, and there is already Oscar buzz around this film. Um, but we're not quite sure why it's been pushed back. They didn't give any reason, but they've said it's going back to 2022. Um but this uh, director, he did Killing Them Softly and The Assassination of Jesse James, two films who did um, get Oscar nominations. I think Jesse James actually got an Oscar win. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Brad Pitt might have won for that or was nominated or something like that. Um, oh. Supporting cast, Adrian Brody, Julianne Moore. So it's going to be a big film. Don't know why it's been pushed back, but I'm looking forward to it. It's have based you- on the novel about Marilyn Monroe. Have you seen the character posters for the House of Gucci as well? I have. I've actually the trailer came out today as well. Oh, I've not seen the trailer yet. So I was going to mention that in trailers. Yeah, the character posters came out, and um, is that Jared Leto? <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> it's almost like the Christian Bale transformation he did for Vice. Yeah, it's very yeah, much almost. In the, yeah, or the um, the Gary Oldman transformation to Winston Churchill. Oh yeah, it's, it's, same so, it's so good. Like vibe. The, the only thing that you can see of Jared Leto is his eyes. You know what I mean? Because you can't change them too much. But he's in like a big fat suit. He's got like a bald cap on and stuff like that. Yeah, it's insane. Like, it looks great. Um, Do you reckon this is yeah. going to be a winner of uh, like an Oscar winner? Um, maybe, but uh, maybe not for him. It's probably going to be uh, Adam Driver or Lady Gaga nominated, yeah, I reckon. Best supporting characters and stuff. Yeah. Um, Lady oh, Gaga and actress. Adam Driver are the lead characters of this. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, sorry. Because I've, I've not seen the trailer, I probably don't understand. So. Yeah. Um, they're all playing members of like the Gucci family. Um, Jared Leto does look like he has got a pretty big role in it. I I know the story of it, but not probably uh, properly, so I couldn't tell you who, like, it's... We'll talk about it now. We'll talk about the trailer while we're talking about this now. So it's all set around, like, the marriage and divorce of uh, Patrizia and Maurizio Gucci, uh, who are the heads of the Gucci fashion family, and it's a lot of, like, infighting within the family. Obviously, Gucci was worth millions of dollars, still is, it's worth even more now, Um but it ended up leading to murder and assassination and stuff like that and loads of dodgy business dealings. Everyone's trying to fight for the control of Gucci. It's been directed by Ridley Scott. It looks great. Um, I mean, you would never yeah, put like, Ridley Scott into something like this. Like, I, I just wouldn't see him after... No, I think he's done another biopic, which did quite well, but yeah, like, it's not it's not his typical go-to thing. No, it reminds me a bit of the uh, the Versace film that came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was an American Crime Story one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a that, series that had it? murder and all sorts of stuff like that in it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very similar sort of narrative um, to it. Um, but yeah, interesting. It's got Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, uh, Jared Leto, Samuel Hayek, and obviously Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. Uh, it cool. looks really stylish. The music sounds great in it as well. Uh, yeah. Interesting. That'll Balls be a watch. to the wall. 
Uh, I saw a funny tweet uh, when the photos were released. Obviously, everyone was like, what the fuck, that's Jared Leto, what the fuck, what the fuck. He always always understands the assignment and all those sorts of memes. Mm-hmm. And then somebody was like, every balding, white, middle-aged man in Hollywood is now like claiming like they finally understand what it means for representation for people of colour and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. When oh, they cast someone who's not like a middle-aged, balding, white man in the role. Yeah. There's some funny memes. The thing is, though, Jared Leto is almost the age of the character that he's playing, and he looks about 40 years younger, so they had to use so many prosthetics. It's insane. Fountain of youth. It is. He, like, sold his soul to the devil or something. Yeah. Um, uh, We've got to pick up the pace on this news, mate. Yeah, I've I've only got one last one. Uh, We've got confirmation that uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is still in the Flash movie. We've seen him on set wearing his new suit and everything like that, and we've also seen his Bat-cycle, but unfortunately, in the last week, there's been two crashes on the bike, uh, Bat-cycle. One of them was into a camera crew um, while, they were f- while they were filming like, Batman, this bike Batman chase. still hasn't changed his uh, stance on killing people, and clearly. Nope. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the most recent one, the stunt cars didn't... Um, like it's crashing between two stunt cars and they didn't get pulled out of the way by like the hydraulic pulls and like air pumps and stuff like that fast enough so he actually clipped the back of it the stunt driver was perfectly fine but the front end of that bat cycle is fucked uh, it's seen much better days and we also um, like everyone was like oh we've got our first look at the flash costume no he was just stood there in a full cg like ping pong ball suit with a red mask on yeah we i've seen that he's got costume. like a, he's got like his red cowl on for the for the flash yeah but 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 it is very much it is very much hinting because they they showed off if you remember the DC fandom from a while ago they showed off the new costume and it looked very animated it looked very like you know that there would be a lot of lightning around it and stuff like that so that's probably why it's all mo-capped it's probably gonna look absolutely it's just when people are saying we've got our first look at his suit it's like we definitely haven't (laughs) I've got a question (laughs) for you first look at his ping pong pajamas go on I've, I've got a question so before watching the latest in the realms of dc and allowing them allowing the snyder cut to come out them allow you know them having a bloody suicide squad that we've just watched are you now after watching suicide squad more excited for the flash movie because you you can see kind of what dc is allowing directors to kind of go with and letting them have more control. Like, it's made me feel a little bit more anticipated towards this film now. I mean, kind of. I'm still a little bit hesitant with it because it felt like they just left James Gunn to do whatever the fuck he wanted, whereas this one still... It's been through so many different changes and stuff like that already. Like, Warner Brothers have already meddled with it enough. Um I do think that DC is heading in the right direction. I think it is getting better and better. Um, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good as The Suicide Squad. Mm. Um, spoilers for what I think of that film. But <laughs> James Gunn is a visionary that you can't like really interrupt what he's doing. You just need to leave him to it. Um, yeah, I think... I was going to say this in my review. I think The Suicide Squad might be like just kind of like the pinnacle of DC films and it it was kind of like how did it end up that good and I don't think the other ones are going to meet that level of it. I don't think The Flash is going to be as good. 
interesting. And that's sad to say because we're getting Michael Keaton's Batman back. We're getting Ben Affleck as Batman back. We're getting time travel. We're getting Flashpoint elements to it. It's everything that I would want to see in a film. Like I left the Suicide Squad today and I was like, I can't believe I've seen this happen on screen. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day because like comic book movies used to be so hard to be made. And now we're getting shit like that. Spoilers. Um, the, obviously, if you've seen the trailer, you you can tell that Starro is in this from the trailer. Yeah, like, and that's what I said to Charlotte when we left. I was like, I can't believe I just watched a film where Starro is a villain. Like, like, and it and wasn't just Starro. It wasn't just a man in a costume that has become obsessed with starfish and called himself Doctor Starro or whatever that you would have had for people that weren't afraid. Yeah, it to... wasn't like a mechanized starfish robot. It was actually an interdimensional, <laughs> like from space starfish. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. we're getting off topic. Like, it just blows my mind that we're finally able to get films like this. But makes me I still very don't think the Flash is going to be as good. Makes me very excited for all the multiverse MCU stuff. Yeah. Um, that's like I can't believe we're in imagine growing up now and like these are the films that you get to watch like we had to wait so long for good adaptations and good films like this yeah yeah of course like, right they just tried to make everything I know you're very I know you're very excited Chris but we need to move on to trailers <laughs> yes well we've already discussed one of them we had a trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife this came out November 11th um this looks really fun, actually. Um, they're bringing it back. They've got the ties to the old films. Um, so I've completely forgotten the names of the Ghostbusters now. Um, it's not Bill Murray. It's not Dan Aykroyd. It was um, the one with the glasses. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, the his grandchildren, uh, he's left them the house and the Ghostbusters car and stuff like that. And this town's got weird paranormal stuff going on. And turns out that like there's a portal to hell sort of opening under the village, kind of like what was happening in the original two Ghostbusters. Um, so it's nice that they're paying homage to the original stuff while also making it new. Paul Rudd looks amazing in this. Mm-hmm. And um, we also had a little tease at the end that Dan Aykroyd will be appearing in it in some way. I'm hoping Bill Murray might uh, sneak his way in there as well. But it's just nice that like they're actually connecting it and it's, Although you're giving it to a different group, they're making a new lineage, whereas like the previous Ghostbusters one, it was like the other Ghostbusters didn't exist at all and they just ripped everything off and mm. it just didn't work at all. Um, so it feels it felt it felt nice. It seemed like a really fun movie just from the trailer. It seemed really fun, like a good family watch. So Yeah. Cool. I'm all in for Ghostbusters after that. All in. I'm all in. Okay, um, King Richard. This is Will Smith's new film. We've got Jen Barnthal and uh, John Barnthal. Uh, John Barnthal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, my head's gone now. Um, <laughs> this comes out on November 19th. This is the story of Serena Williams and Venus Williams, how they got into um, tennis and everything like that. It's mostly following their father, Richard Williams, who was, like, never taken seriously or anything like that, and he was, like, kind of repressed and stuff like that. But he raised some good kids, smart kids, and obviously he was their coach. He was Venus Venus and Serena's coach. And this shows, like, their early years and their struggles, the three of them, to get those two into tennis and to get them into being, well, the, the absolute, absolute, like, dominating force in women's... 
uh, tennis for years. Um, it looks like a good film. It's coming out on HBO Max at the same time as well. So it's a cinema release on HBO Max called King Richard. And like I said, that is November 19th. It looks pretty good. It looks like Will Smith might be going for another... I think he's trying to push for another award, sort of like Pursuit of Happiness style. Mm-hmm. Um, very yeah, sad film. Looks good. Um, that is a very sad film. This one doesn't look sad. This one looks like quite empowering. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last one came out of nowhere. I had screen, a, seen a screenshot from it, um, but I didn't realize it was this film. This is The Card Counter, starring Oscar Isaac, Ty Sheridan, Tiffany Haydish, and Willem Dafoe. This comes out on September 10th. Uh, it's written and directed by Paul Schrader, I think you pronounce his name. Um, a card shark encounters an angry young man who's seeking revenge against a military colonel. So, uh, Oscar Isaac and Ty Sheridan used to be in the military. Some sort of like, like off the books thing happened. Some shady shit was going down, and Willem Dafoe ended up putting all the blame onto Oscar Isaac's character. He went to prison, started learning how to count cards and stuff like that. Becomes a card counter, and then in the middle of trying to like hustle people for money and stuff like that, he comes across um, Ty Sheridan and they start to hatch a plan to get revenge on uh, Willem Dafoe by the looks of it. But this is produced by Martin Scorsese is like the big thing pushing this as well. So Martin Scorsese's got his fingers in it. It's got Oscar Isaac in there. Yeah, it looked pretty good. It looked moody. Um, and we all love Oscar Isaac. Well, the good thing about this is that you know, after if you've ever heard Oscar Isaac talk about Star Wars, he's very picky now about what what kind of stuff he goes for. He'll like only yeah. go for something if he's genuinely interested in it, which is uh, obviously a given. But when you've got someone that's been in Star Wars, um, yeah, so I've I've got good 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 thoughts about anything that Oscar Isaac's going in and going to be in. Obviously, he's got Dune. Obviously, he's got Moon Knight, so we'll uh, we'll see. I don't think he's ever really done a bad movie. Like, like I know people weren't the biggest fan of the new Star Wars films, and he probably wasn't the biggest fan of where his character ended up in the last one. Um, but he was always good in them. So, mm-hmm. like, he always elevates a film. Like Annihilation, he was great in that. What little part he played in it. Ex Machina, I always go back to. Like, he's yeah, so of course, good in that. he's really good in Ex Machina. Um, so yeah, it's always good to see him and in like a dark, like, like this character seems like it's got a lot of depth to it and he's playing kind of, he doesn't seem as charismatic as he normally does. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely got uh, like a dark past and he's like very insular. You can just see in the way he holds his face in the trailer and stuff like that. It's so, it looks so good. Oscar Isaac. So good. Um, I think that's everything that I've got. Um, don't think there's anything else that I'm missing. Nope, don't think so. Shall we move on to our main topic? Yes. But before we move on to the main topic, Chris, I just want to remind everybody that you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GetRealPod. Make sure you're giving us a follow on the Cross the Socials, uh, giving us, uh, you know, just checking it out, checking it out, checking it out. Uh, if you follow us on the socials, you'll also see we have a partner podcast called Get Real Gaming. Um, that is Chris and Richard. Chris and Richard? Richard and, La- Richard and Lawrence. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to Richard. say, shit, do I, do I have another podcast? <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, no, Richard and Lawrence that talk about gaming. There's a lot of gaming stuff coming out. Halo Infinite's just had a bit of a trial run. Uh, lots yeah. of um, really spicy news at the moment in the gaming industry. So, yeah, make sure you're checking that out as well. Um, more lawsuits over there. <laughs> more lawsuits. Lawsuits everywhere. Everyone's got the best lawsuit on. Um, right, let's chat Suicide Squad. So, of course, we will do 
non-spoilers because it is a relatively new film. And, and there is plenty to there spoil is plenty of spoilers um yeah we're going to talk about scenes and stuff so there is going to be really light spoilers throughout this because it's really hard to talk about a movie and not talk about like some of the scenes that kind of stand out but we're obviously not going to spoil things like the ending we're obviously not going to spoil who dies in this film because mm. um yep <laughs> that's it they, they released a new trailer yesterday uh, sorry not a new trailer a new poster yesterday and the big tagline on it is don't get too attached yeah literally <laughs> so um yeah that's all we're um, gonna say for now yeah we'll we'll warn you when there's gonna be hardcore spoilers that'll be towards the end yeah um, but yeah this came out directed by james gunn it's currently sat on 96 percent on rotten tomatoes it's really surprising like not just for like obviously the you know comic book films tend to do well anyway right but yeah for it to well, hit that well, certain ones do. Certain <laughs> ones do. The original version of this film didn't. But no, that for it slight. to hit, oh, it hit a hundred percent originally in critic yeah, reviews. From the, from the first reviews, it was a hundred percent. That is that is crazy. So this doesn't have an audience score yet. This is just critic reviews. It's sat at ninety six percent. So the critics have come back from such a sour taste in the mouth from the last one, and they they were probably ready to sort of slam this until they figured out that James Gunn had done a number on it, and now they're like, "Oh shit, this film's really fucking good." I won't lie. I reckon the fact that the first one wasn't well received has helped a little bit with this one. Yeah, because your expectations are so low. Like mm. really low. If you've uh, if if you don't like follow directors very heavily, and you're not like you know you're not attached to that, and you literally just watch a film for it to be a film, your expectations are incredibly low. Especially after like I've noticed today that since the original Suicide Squad came out, the no since the new Suicide Squad came out, the it's in the top 10 again on Netflix, the old, the original one, the David Ayer one. Yeah. Yeah. You find that a lot when a new one comes out, like the, like the first one always gets your, boost, uh, your it? non-techie, your boomers that are like, no, this is, oh, we can watch that new one on Netflix. So yeah. <laughs> Cause the names are so similar as well. It's not, it doesn't say Suicide Squad 2. No, um, it's just, it's the... set on 8.1 on IMDb at the moment. It is it is killing it. It's really killing it. And there's parts when I when I was when we were sat watching this, and I was like, "Yeah, I totally understand the scores. Totally understand yeah. how it's getting so high." And um, because it 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 does everything really well. It's like it's not just a pure action film. It has really nice, like, well, it has really good action. It has incredible action. Yeah. Um. It's got incredibly tasteful humor. I'd say as well. It's got... Um, and some untasteful humour. <laughs> and some very untasteful humour. Um, and it's got, like, really, like, decent character-building moments. And it's just... It's like, just a it well... It hits the mark yeah. right on everything, doesn't it? It's I very also, well balanced. I don't balanced. think I've laughed this much in a cinema in a fucking long time. No. Like, no. holy shit. Like, my jaw was aching from, like, laughter at the end of this. But that you were laughing at parts that were just absolutely obscene. Like, that's yeah. a lot of the things yeah. that you're laughing at. Like, obviously, the humor from the actors is incredible. Like, John Cena's Peacemaker is incredibly good. Like, the humor in that is unreal. And um, a lot of humor from, like, the British Idris Elba with his, um, 
you know, kind of like British humour, um, a lot of just like fucking hell kind of stuff that's mm-hmm. just really funny. Um, yeah, but then you've got just moments that happen and you just you just laugh because it's just like... You can't believe that you're seeing this on a screen type thing. That's what it was for me. I'm like, what am I watching in a superhero film right now? And I just ended up laughing from it. I'm like, what... What like how did James Gunn's head come up with this shit? Yeah, you know what like, I mean, and that was yeah. making me chuckle. And a lot of the things that, like you said, a lot of things that were funny were like just the the things that are, like you can't believe that you're watching it. It's just like how some of the violence unfolds, like how some of the kill, like there are kills in it's this. So right? violent. There are Holy deaths. Fuck. There are kills. It is extremely violent. Like there, there is so much gore in this that like. Please just like double double think before you take your kids to watch it because I actually oh, genuinely yeah. it's would. a hard fifteen. Like yeah. it's an R rating in America, but in the UK it's only a fifteen. So like some people like might try and sneak like your thirteen year old in. Don't no, don't. There is, there is a nudity. Lot. There is extreme gore. <laughs> there is a lot of like yeah decapitation and. Yeah, it, my it, my girlfriend hates any sort of like gore and stuff like that. But even by the end of it, she was like enjoying it. Like to begin with, like she was looking away when there's going to be some gore and stuff. And like the opening twenty minutes, like she couldn't believe. She was like, "Oh no, I'm going to hate this film." You know what I mean? And by the end of it, she was loving it because it's all in context as well. It's all in good fun. It's not like it's not like trying to horrify you like in a horror film or something like that. Yeah. It's like nothing's prolonged or torturous. Like it's just, it's funny. And most of the gore is like sudden. So it's like played for laughs almost yeah. or to like sell an impact or something. When you it go is to mostly the cinema, done for comedy. When you go to watch this film and not the first death, but the second, technically the second death that happens is like that sets you up for uh, how violent it's going to be. That like <laughs> the face <laughs> or the lack yeah. thereof, yeah. should I say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was trying to count the killers in my head, then I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, because, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because we've seen the entire film, we kind of know. You know what I mean? We know, we know what happens, and, so. and things happen at such a breakneck pace for the first like hour like the first like half an hour of the film yeah it's like there's so much coming and then like this was a really long film i was thinking when i was watching i was like is this film ever going to end i was like it's about two hours 15 isn't it two hours 12 yeah when i came out i was trying to do the maths i was like it's over two hours i thought about two hours 10 yeah it's two hours 12 right in the middle of what we both thought of it Mm -hmm. but it, it makes the use of the the runtime not a second of it is wasted um which is like really good like you enjoy although it feels long you enjoy the entire two hours 12 minutes Mm -hmm. so do you think that out of all the characters that we saw and there is a lot of characters there's a lot of villains there's a lot of suicide squatters in here um do you think peacemaker is the best one for us to be getting a tv series for um I would enjoy a Peacemaker TV series. Yeah. I really would. I kind of want to see more of Bloodsport as well. Yeah, I really like the Bloodsport Because stuff. I always like Idris Elba. And like you said, like, although he was playing in an American, he had that, like, classic, like, British, like, 
can't be fucking arsed with this shit. Like, he could, he, you can tell, like, Idris Elba nailed, like, stuff like that. It's just, like you said, he's like, oh, fucking hell. Like, he's so done with everybody's shit all the time. Yeah. But he's, like, he's, like, so good as a character, like, and he's such a good tactician and stuff like that. Like, and the, and, he was and so good. The costume's very interesting. That's the thing. Like, the costume is kind of his weapon. Yeah. Which was which is really like really cool. Yeah, I really like the peacemaker stuff. I, I John Cena's come a long way. I think he's like you know, it, this is like to see him it, I was saying this to my girlfriend when we left. I was saying that who would have thought in twenty twenty one you would have Dave Batista, John Cena and Dwayne the Rock, I mean, we all know Dwayne the Rock Johnson would have been, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's been going for a bit anyway. But those three, like, professional wrestlers, <laughs> like, having, like, very good acting careers. Yeah. Who would have thought? Like, I, I think we're seeing John Cena progress the way that, um, well, the same way that the other two have, but mostly Dave Bautista comes to mind. We're seeing him progress the way that Dave Bautista did. Like, Dave Bautista's a really good actor now. Mm. Um and we're seeing John Cena like progress. Like he started in like some like slapstick family comedies and stuff like that, uh, just because he could take a hit and like he was a big guy. So when you make a tit of him, like it's funny. And um, so, but we're seeing him progress. Like his acting in this was genuinely good. I forgot how genuinely like huge he was. Like <laughs> he's massive. Like there was one point where like the veins on his muscles were bigger than half the characters on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> just, just. Yeah, he's fucking stacked, isn't he? <laughs> there's a there's a scene with him and Bloodsport when they're uh, they're going through a camp, and it's just like flexing kills, isn't it? It's yeah, so showing good. Off. Yeah, I I think the writing in this was really good. That scene really made me think of it. Like towards the end, like it felt like a really good screenplay, almost the way that Back to the Future. Everything it sets up, it pays off. You know what I mean? And everything came from something, and everything makes sense. Mm. Like there's there's nothing that's sort of like forgotten about in it. Yeah, everything. That's it. Yeah, everything has an impact, and everything carries on. Like he sets things up really well. Like you said, in like the first half an hour ish, almost. I think it's probably around the half hour mark, forty yeah. minute mark that we have that camp scene, um, and like all that sort of stuff just like keeps building and building and building and playing off. Um, I liked the um, how the flashbacks and character building because obviously you see a couple of origins and stuff throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how that's kind of dotted out in like appropriate moments rather than all being all being done in one go. If you get me, yeah. And the way they do it is really nice as well. It's not like a hard cut and like you're in the past or that sort of stuff. Like it's done in a integrated way. So, like, when they're telling the stories of the backstories and stuff like that. The like, Rat Catcher. It, rat rat yeah. Catcher 2 one's really good. How it's in, like, yeah. it's in the window, isn't it? And Yeah, so it's sort of like you're seeing her reminiscing on it type thing. Like, it, and so it doesn't draw you out of it. when You're not seeing, like, a child version of her going through this. You're seeing her reliving, like, the heartache and stuff like that. And it really helped sell the emotional impact of these backstories and stuff. Mm. So um, from the from the trailer, then this is like I, I kind of like we we talk about a lot where we feel like a lot of stuff gets spoiled in the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think this suffered from that, or do you think this was actually? I mean, the big thing was is we had no idea who was going to be dying in this. That was the biggest yeah. thing. But away from that, more like the main plot of it, 
Do you think it, um, it held, held up pretty... I mean, obviously, you know, Starro's in it, and that's in the trailer. Yeah, but... um, it still had enough held back that, like, you didn't know everything that was happening. But also, the way it was done so well, it didn't matter that they had showed a lot of it off because it nailed it so well, so you didn't mind seeing it. Like, how many times have we watched the trailer type thing? And it's like still like those big things like still hit like a freight train um yeah because the you big, just didn't, you the, didn't care that you'd seen it before it wasn't spoiled like they teased it well mm-hmm. and there was enough like hidden moments that it pulled it all along but you you know from watching the trailer what the structure of the film is but it's the bits that get you from beat to beat to beat yeah it definitely the trailer does a great job of showing you probably the the lower tier humor in it and definitely mm-hmm. the lower tier action. Like, it doesn't really spoil any of that. And that's what it is. It's more about... it's not, This film isn't kind of about the beginning or about the end. It is about, like, the everything in between and all the little moments and stuff. It's not Suicide about... Suicide Squad was the friends we made along the way. It, it's, the, <laughs> it's the people you lost along the way. <laughs> <laughs> we lost a lot of them. Yeah. You're losing them right up to the end. The uh, the time we get a uh, a head explode from the bomb, and we won't spoil who, but um, <laughs> I thought that was a lot better than the Slipknot. Uh, uh, that's deal. exactly what I thought. As soon as it happened, I just thought back to the original one. I was like, oh, God, it's so much better. Like, it is it is snotty and it is gratuitous. Like, this was definitely, like, James Gunn, like, <laughs> unleashed from the Disney banner, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is like, I've, I've there got There was definitely shades of Guardians of the Galaxy in it, but there was he was a lot just of able shades to go of Guardians of the, the Galaxy. You had King Shark, who was essentially their Groot. Groot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was a bit um, when, like, the main team that were following, uh, like, they were walking through quarter maltese and stuff like that and we had them like hiking over mountains and stuff like that and like i just saw a lineup of them all it was like if you just if you just change the shape of king shark and just recolor them like that could be guardians of the galaxy like like they definitely built the crew around that type very of thing. uh very fellowship of the ring that felt very... yeah 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 well the, the thing is as well like it's no secret who the main cast is either from like the posters they've shown who like the main squad is yeah but it true. didn't make the other characters any less impactful like they were all like they were all good for what they were Not, in the, in the, and that's and a... like it never takes itself too seriously ever. Not once for a second does it say take itself seriously. And that's a good point, actually. Like the posters do kind of show the main team, and yeah, they and they, yet, they didn't for a while, but like the newest ones do. Yeah, I never even thought about that to be honest. Mm. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, King Shark kind of stole the stole a lot of the film. Thought he was a—he's uh, going to be a, a character that so people want to see more of. Yeah, like, and the CGI on him was so good. Like this version of him, like, looked incredible. It looked better than Killer Croc. Like Killer Croc's prosthetics were great, but that wasn't Killer Croc. This was King Shark. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and what else was I going to say? The um. Special the, effects are seamless in this. Yeah, of course. I was going to say the the change that they kind of did with Amanda Waller as well. That yeah. was kind of cool that she was they, a bit more like like unstable. 
the that's more like how she is in the comic books. She like we saw how ruthless she was in this version of it. Whereas the last one, she was kind of like, "I'll I'll kill you," but like she only killed the one guy that she just brought on to kill anyway. Mm-hmm. Like she only brought Slipknot onto the team so that she could make an example out of him type thing. And she kind of did the same in this, but she we definitely saw the hard ass version of her. And um, Viola Davis fucking nailed it. Like she was such a powerhouse. Like. There's not many people can square up eye to eye with Idris Elba. You know what I no, mean? Oh yeah. Do you remember when they spoke about this film at DC Fandom and they said there was a scene in this which has the most explosions in any superhero film to date? Do you can you think about what scene that was? I think that was the opening scene, probably wasn't it? On Aye. the beach, could have been potentially. Yeah, it might. It's probably like one of those things where technically there is the most amount of explosions. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was either that or, um, or a certain something happens uh, at yeah. the end. That, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we won't yeah, spoil yeah. what uh, what that is. Uh, you kind of see a bit of it in the trailer, but we won't spoil what that is. But there's lots of explosions happening then as well. Um, if you had to build, I'm a team, finding it hard to talk about it now without spoiling. it. Yeah, we're gonna. It's move just on. so fucking good. If you had to build a team of a, a suicide squad of five of these people, who would you who would you pick? Um, King Shark, yes. I'd probably go with the main five that we have. Probably like they were like the most interesting ones. But I might put Will Smith's Deadshot in there as well. Okay, cool. I might maybe swap out. Um, maybe maybe Ratcatcher. Like she was good for this one, but like maybe for other like. Um, missions she wouldn't be as useful so mm-hmm. like if you put in like Deadshot but then you've got three characters who kind of do the same thing they're all great marksmen and stuff like that yeah but of course I would love I would have loved to see like Deadshot and Bloodsport like kind of facing off you know like having that rivalry yeah that that would have worked well together or those two are like like buddy buddy together and then they're like both arguing against Peacemaker type thing mm. Peacekeeper Peacekeeper. Peacemaker. No, oh, peacemaker. it was Peacemaker. Yeah, I had it right. <laughs> it was Peacemaker. Anyway, right. Let's uh, let's get on Dive to the spoilers. spoilers. Yeah, let's get on to spoilers. So, obviously, we're going to spoil a lot of stuff. We're going to spoil who died. We're going to just spoil the rest of the film now. So, this is your warning. This is why I'm kind of dragging it out. Stop listening, and then come back when you've watched the film, and then, you know, join our kind of splurge about it. So... <laughs> Splurge. Wasn't it splurging in this film? There was a lot of splurging in this film. A lot of red coloured splurging. Uh, There was. That's what Harley Quinn made me chuckle when she's like, "It's like a load of angels splurging on us." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The humour, eh? Yeah, the the humour in this was shit hot, wasn't it? Like it was. The jokes were incredible. The um... I wasn't expecting that one. Like some of the nudity in it i wasn't expecting nudity but it works so funny yeah it's just so like subtly hilarious it's not even subtle it's right in your face but you know it's yeah yeah. it was Um, so good anyway right so who saw i mean you you i know you called it right i know you called a lot of the the first lot like literally half of them dying right at the beginning the only one that surprised me from that Big group was Captain Boomerang not making it. Yeah, that was a shame. Like, and considering you know he what? Got as so... soon as he landed on the beach and we lost like two of them, I was like, "Hold on a second, 
we haven't seen Captain Boomerang in any of the other trailers in any scene other than this. I was like, oh no, oh no, you brought Jai Courtney back, one of the best bits of the first Suicide Squad. And then he just gets absolutely peppered by destroyed wood and shit. Gets yeah. impaled to fuck. You've all of a sudden realised that there is a lot of characters that you haven't seen in the trailer and you can't remember any extra scenes of. So yeah. um, who is that? That's Mongal, Captain Boomerang, Savant, Blackguard, Javelin, TDK, uh, and Weasel. All kind of yeah. get absolutely owned at the beginning of this. Blackguard yeah. gets absolutely destroyed. Sharp face comes off. It's just like ooh, that that was yeah. So that's like the first major death. We're like Weasel drowns. <laughs> Weasel drowns, which is just Weasel the best, drowns. The best kickoff. Um, I loved how it kind it of so followed. Funny. I loved how it followed Savant at the beginning. Like it was going to be his story a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's then, James Gunn is obviously best mates with Michael Rucker and stuff like that. Yeah. But I knew he wasn't making it any further type thing, so I, I liked the way it kind of like drew people in who like weren't expecting it. It was like, oh, he's gonna see it all through his eyes, and the way he just like like about it, like turns heel and runs off because he's like, oh, yeah. fuck this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I liked how you actually saw nothing of Javelin, like zero. <laughs> he landed on the beach and then he gets killed. Um, I was. Yeah, um, I loved how, like, they knew how dumb TDK was. Like, arm fall off, man. Like, they changed his name to the Detachable Kid because if it wasn't dumb enough, and they showed how dumb he was, like how slow his arms were, and all he could do was just like slap people, and then yeah. they're shooting his arms, and he's like feels all the pain from across the beach. I know, and it's like, there's blood like coming out of his mouth and everything because his arms are getting shot. It's just, <laughs> just daft. But, um, He's just trying to slap people. <laughs> I was surprised that um, the Thinker, like, I liked how the Thinker wasn't part of the original Suicide Squad. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, a nice yeah. little twist as well. Because in the trailer, there is that shot where they're all like kind of briefing him. But it is yeah. a bit like almost like he's just joined the squad and then they've dropped him in the middle of it and he's like, "What the hell's going on?" And then they brief him. It's almost like that uh, that briefing moment in the original Suicide Squad where they're at that airbase and they all like they um they unzip the bag where Captain Boomerang is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. Uh it was so fucking funny this film. But do you know what scene I really was not expecting, which was just absolutely side splitting for me, was when King Shark meets all those little fish things in the tank. Oh, you were and dying, like, mate. You were dying. It was so funny because like they appeared on screen and I just hear Charlotte next to me, she's like, Oh, look at them and they were so goofy looking, they were so funny, and they're like, Oh, make friends and all that sort of stuff and but they're the uh, things King that Shark's actually like, oh, make friends make friends and the tank bursts and it turns out they're fucking absolutely savage leeches I know they're the things <laughs> that actually draw like most of the blood from him <laughs> yeah he's uh, impervious to bullets but those fucking things were munching on him <laughs> I thought in that moment we were about to see King Shark die. I was like no do not kill King Shark the hilarious, too precious the hilarious thing about all this is is those little things are in the character poster for King Shark when they've released the uh, Ranger character posters. It's oh, like, okay. The character posters actually give quite a lot away. Like, you've got Harley Quinn with the flowers from that scene. 
You've yeah. got uh, the Thinker, and there's loads of like mini Starros all around him. Um, you've got the little fish around King Shark and stuff. You just wouldn't even oh, think. Yeah. You wouldn't even like put the two and two together. But there's no. there's quite a lot of little tie-ins in the posters, which is cool. Yeah, and we were well, all saying who you know who's going to die, who's going to die, and basically the answer was from that first poster is everyone who is at the front of the poster isn't going to die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like most people die. Like I was surprised that they killed off Polka Dot Man by the end of it. Yeah, like, that he, was. He just... finally found some resolution, and then he he dies. Yeah, that was just like a one last little, uh, one last little that... thing. Can we mention how they managed to like hide that detail in all the trailers and stuff like that? And it was such a big thing about the fact that everyone that he looks at looks like his mum, and when <laughs> it's just this giant. <laughs> Fat middle-aged woman being Starro destroying the fucking town. <laughs> it was so dumb. It was so funny. Like this was literally like it was the dumbest, dumbest film imaginable, wasn't it? Really? Some of that CGI was absolutely spot on, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah, there are times I didn't seamless. even I didn't even notice the faces were different. Like, you know, the bit in the club. I didn't uh, even you... <laughs> I didn't even click on until everyone in the cinema started laughing because I was too busy looking at um, Polka Dot Man. And then yeah. when I realised, I was like, "Oh, oh, right." <laughs> I'm going through these character posters now, and I'm wondering if... Oh, no. So, okay. I I thought I had noticed something then. Some of them have got, like, blood sprays behind the things that are, like, coming out from behind of them. But then King Shark has a blood spray, but he doesn't die. And Polka Dot Man doesn't have any, but he dies. But then, like, Blood Blood Sport doesn't have any blood spray. I thought I noticed a little detail then, but no. You you thought you'd cracked it. I thought I cracked it like James Gunn had been telling us all along, type thing. The uh, the <sighs> the lady who plays um, who plays Polka Dot Man's mum is uh, actually in Doom Patrol as like one person. She's actually been in quite a lot <laughs> when you're looking at it, but she plays yeah, like she a probably lot. Has. Of, yeah, she plays like a lot of background characters. Um, I, I was just looking because it'd be really funny if she was like some kind of like big actress that. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, big actors and actresses that we found, um, Taika Waititi is uh, officially Ratcatcher in the DC universe. Yeah, that's a, that's double confirmed now. Because mm-hmm. um, we were still wondering who he was going to be. Um, uh, he definitely wasn't the voice for Starro in the end. No, um, 100%. Because that was just everybody with a mouth was Starro's voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting him to be Ratcatcher and then it kind of like... The first time we saw him, like I didn't notice those him to begin with because like he had like that much like wacky hair and a hood up and stuff like that. But then like it cuts to like another view of him, and I was like, "Oh, it's Taika Waititi. That's where he is." Like, yeah, it's such a small part. Like, why was he on the poster and stuff like that? Like, it's such a tiny part. Well, he's I not only... on the poster, but his name was. Yeah, I only actually clocked on when it was the um, the right at the end, like oh, right, right at the very end. I didn't, I didn't have any idea when she was going through the. Um, like going through the, the flashbacks. The flashbacks, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it, when I first saw him, I didn't clock it, and then it was when he was overdosing on heroin or whatever. 
Mm. Um, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Taika Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> He's in it for two seconds in a flashback and we're seeing him die. <laughs> oh, no. I thought he was going to be like some kind of like set-up villain or set-up character for like the next DC film or whatever. But no. that's clearly just setting up Peacemaker as probably his TV series, if I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. assuming. So I, I I, forgot when we were watching this that he has his own series. So Peacekeeper, like, turns on the rest of the crew. Like, Peacemaker. he has, like, a side objective. Peacemaker. Um, like, turns on the rest of the crew and everything like that. And he, he kills Rick Flagg. I can't believe they killed Rick Flagg. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Um, because, obviously, he's not like technically on the suicide squad like he's just like chaperoning them type thing wasn't expecting him to go um because there was like a moment where like she's threatening to kill everyone and it's like well she can't blow up rick flag because he doesn't have a thing in his head so peacemaker has been sent there like in case rick flag goes off mission he can kill him as well mm-hmm. so but then he straight up just gets like shot in the throat and like dies and then just flattened by a building um, and then, like, the post credit scene, they're saying, oh, we had to put his heart back together and we see a close-up of Rick... F- like, he all- James Gunn almost double faked us for the post credit scene because we see the shard of, like, tile or something pierce through Rick Fagg's heart, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was such a weird, like, internal shot to show us that, but then for, like, the thing, they were like, oh, we had to put his heart back together. Yeah, and it was, like, it oh, was is just... it Rick Flagg that they've saved, but it's not, it's Peacemaker's been saved. Yeah, yeah. It's literally just to have that moment where it's like, oh, did they save him? Yeah, oh. but that's them setting up the the um, HBO Max series, I think it is, isn't it? His action, like going back to Peacemaker, Peacemaker's action scenes just hit so heavy. Mm. Oh. They, they all do, like all of them do, but yeah, he's like really fucking heavy hitting isn't he that bit I heard you get a good old fucking chuckle out of it where he's just stabbing the guy who's sleeping yeah but it, <laughs> he my, just my, goes my, up his body stabbing him my laugh was just like laughing and saying like oh my god like in shock it was like shock laughter it was so many things it's just like what am I witnessing here like the weird like romantic montage that Harley Quinn had as well, like it was just so out of the blue type thing, and then she kills him out of the blue, and like gunshot has never shit me up like quite no, that much. Yeah, 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 shit me right up as well. <laughs> <laughs> well what know. did this film have against birds? Because we had a bird die in the first scene, and then it got its like its mate got its own back eating Savant's brains. Birds um, of prey? Is there a weird like birds of prey? Maybe, maybe. Um, but then like. They just burn that birdcage full of birds, don't you? And that, that was a horrible sound, hearing all those birds burning. That was there. a horrible sound. It was like, what's this film got against birds? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, what to talk about now that we're in spoilers. Starro. Let's talk about Starro, because we haven't really talked about it much. Starro was fucking incredible. That CGI works so well. Mm. And, like, big, clumpy starfish. Yeah, but they made him really menacing, didn't they? It was like, there's like no, like, sort of taking this thing down. Like, you're just a bunch of small guys on the ground type thing. Polka Dot Man was so overpowered as well. He could have done that whole thing by himself if he just, like, let loose a bit more. Yeah, and then he, he had a moment to be like, I'm a superhero. And then gets <laughs> he had finally done it. Yeah. He killed, he, it, like, in his head, he killed his mum. <laughs> I know he, he did he it. He killed he his demons, it. and he's like, I'm a superhero. <laughs> I just love like the awkward emo ness of him. 
such a good dynamic. He's just so weird, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what's his name? David Dishmel? He played um, part of the crew in Ant-Man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. David Dishmel, is it? Um, I'm trying to find his name now. Why is he so far down the... Considering he's one of the Suicide Squad that was... Uh... Yeah, like, he's really far down. Like, he's underneath everybody that died. Mm. He's underneath Sebastian the Rat on oh, the wow. IMDb listing. The other, the other CGI character that stole everybody's yeah. hearts in the film. <laughs> I've never heard my girlfriend, like, cooing over a rat before. <laughs> and so I love the Ratatouille joke in there as well. Um, yeah, it's David Dishmelian or Dishmelon. Deschamel. Deschamel. <laughs> it's not a sauce. I know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's really much else. It, it it kind of operates on its own. You know, there's yeah, no... Yeah, you're better off not knowing too much going into it. There's, the, there's a little bit of a thing about how we put Superman on ice using a kryptonite bullet. You put him in the ICU, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, there's, but there's not other no other mentions to to anything else. I did like that interaction as well. Like the comedy is so good in this, especially like the written comedy as well. So it's, they introduce Bloodsport is like how I introduced you at the beginning of the episode. Like his dad was ex military mercenary who's raised him to shoot from the day he was born. He's a lethal killer. Anything in his hands is a lethal weapon. And she's like, I chose you all for your own distinct personal skills. And then he introduces him to Peacemaker and introduces him to the exact same fucking way. But I love <laughs> I how that like, is. You said we were all different. It was like, yeah, but I'm better. <laughs> but I love how that's acknowledged. I love yeah. how that's like, not just like a thing, but he's literally like, wait a second. <laughs> but that's very James Gunn. That's very like yeah, Guardians yeah, yeah. of the Galaxy. He sets Peter something Quill. stupid up and then calls him on the bullshit. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You can yeah. you can definitely see a lot of parallels to uh, to Suicide Squad here. Like he had yeah. a lot of the kind of leader qualities that Peter Quill has in the terms yeah. of like the the banter and the like the trying to organize everybody kind of thing, but not everybody mm-hmm. listens and trying to stop like the big brute of the group doing stupid stuff and yeah. Yeah, it's good. There it's... was a surprising amount of like heart in this as well, wasn't there? Like between Bloodsport and Ratcatcher too. Yeah, and with Harley Quinn as well again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's still like reeling from like um, getting over Joker and stuff like that. Yeah, the events and of the Birds of Prey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's still like feeling stuff, and like obviously, like she's good friends with like a few people on this crew and stuff, and they're all dying around her and stuff, and. Sometimes she just needs a hug, man. <laughs> yeah, I like how all these villains are in uh, are in prison. Though, like you know, the DC heroes must be doing a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they set it up because Harley wasn't in prison at the beginning. It's like <laughs> boomerangs. Was like, how the hell did you end up in prison again? She got done for like a driving incident or something, reckless driving. Yeah, which was probably at the end of Birds of Prey. Yeah, literally, actually, yeah, eating one of That's those. That's the last uh, time we see sandwiches. her in a car. Yeah. Um, right. I, I don't know, man. I think that's where we. Uh, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up and, yeah. and call it there, probably. Uh, as we said before, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Get Real Pod, and then you can also email us getrealpoduk at gmail dot com. 
Um, yeah, hit us on the socials. You can give us a follow. You can get all the latest from when we post our episodes up. Uh, and in addition, you can also get a little look at our sister podcast. Chris, you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, um, our sister podcast, Get Real Gaming, um, hosted by Lawrence and Richard. It's great stuff, it's great stuff. But if you want to support the podcast, whether it be ours or the Get Real Gaming podcast, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, absolutely everywhere. Um, hit us a rate and review on there. And also, you can head over to Podchaser. If you leave us a rate and review on there, it'll syndicate it to all the other podcast distributors. So you only need to leave one review and it gives it us on every platform, which is so handy. Um, But yeah, best way to support the podcast, more than anything, is just just share us out on your socials, tell friends about us, get more people listening to us. Let's help this podcast grow. Let's help the sister podcast Get Real Gaming grow as well. And yeah, just have a bloody good old time and definitely go watch The Suicide Squad because it was incredible. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. What would you give it out of 10, Sam? We didn't do it. I'd give it a score rating. I give this is it, for everybody after the fact. I give it 10 exploding heads out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. This was definitely like easily the best DC film there's ever been. Yeah. Uh, I, best I, theatrically released one. I couldn't change... There's nothing that I can think that I would change about this film. No, absolutely nothing. It was perfect, pretty much. Like, even the screenplay was shit hot, you know what I mean? Just yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we're yeah. both giving it a 10 out of 10. If you heard us say this, if you stuck around for the very end, because this is after the post amble, on our Instagram post for this, just go and just put 10 out of 10 in the comments so that we know that you listened to it till the end. <laughs> a little call to action there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Call to action right at the end when people are probably turned off. That's how well, you do that's the thing. It's, the, it's the sneaky one. It's like when people on the outros of the YouTube videos are like, oh, Lee, put butt squeak in the comments if you watch to this point. Use the link below in the description to get free stuff. That's the best kind of post amble. Anyway, uh, the free stuff is um, more, more, more Instagram posts from us. I was just like, oh, I just twat the fly out there. Anyway, thanks for anyway. listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> The hangover's gone.